X-28, number 6A. Understanding Spiritually The Divine Being makes itself known to man through spiritual understanding. The statement poses a variety of questions, all centering on the main problem of how the student can attain such an understanding. What qualifications must he have? What attitude of mind is needed? Does intellect, for instance, play an important part, or does the student require any particular education? Is spiritual understanding bestowed on some at birth and not on others? The letter and the spirit. The textbook is a very plain answer to the question, how can I progress most rapidly in the understanding of Christian science? First, we must study thoroughly the letter and imbibe the spirit, 495.27. Two clear requirements are indicated here, both of which are indispensable for a spiritual understanding, the letter and the spirit, or in other words, the scientific sense to understand the correct meaning of the revealed text and the spiritual sense to interpret the letter so as to bring out its life and inspiration. Both must go hand in hand, and only the two together lead to real spiritual understanding. For spiritual understanding, as we have seen, depends on two essentials. First, truth must not only be accepted and believed, but also really understood. And secondly, this understanding must be not human, but spiritual. As soon as we begin to pay too much attention to one of these two aspects, however, thus neglecting the other, we cannot attain spiritual understanding. If we rely solely on the letter, we do not get very far, for the letter by itself is dead. The correct letter, the explication of divine facts by means of a book, classes, or lectures, should be regarded only as helping to set us on our way towards spiritual understanding. It is not the goal, but merely a necessary aid to the understanding of truth. It gives us the scientific foundation from which inspired spiritual sense can operate. The letter should only aid in bringing thought into accord with the spirit of truth and love, which heals the sick and the sinner. 454.32 So when learning the letter, we should not forget the most important thing, spiritual sense which alone brings the correct statement of truth alive for us. On the other hand, spiritual sense without the foundation provided by the letter does not suffice either. For if inspiration is not founded on a scientific basis, but only on beliefs and vague suppositions, it may indeed be uplifting for a time, 
But then, like all beliefs, it lacks the power of demonstration. But our goal must be spiritual understanding, which alone is superior to all erroneous beliefs. Thus, spiritual understanding always includes within itself both the letter and the spirit, the scientific sense and the spiritual sense. Intellectual and spiritual. This understanding is not intellectual, is not the result of scholarly attainments. 505.26 No intellectual proficiency is requisite. Preface 10.30 For an understanding of Christian science, the preface to the textbook assures us and this, in spite of the fact that it is a science that we are dealing with, needing to be spiritually understood and not just believed. How is this possible? As we have seen, an important step towards the apprehension of truth consists precisely in dropping the beliefs of mortal thinking and devoting ourselves to the facts of being. Material knowledge also, with all scholarship and all the deliberation and reasoning of the human consciousness, however ingenious, belong fundamentally to this realm of human beliefs and can therefore help us little in the understanding of truth. Thus, it is not in any way a matter of what we have learned, what training and education we have had, Rather, it is a matter of getting an intelligent grasp of the facts of being, which are new to all human thinking. But this kind of intelligence has less to do with human knowledge than with the talent which is given to everyone and which we all possess in some degree. It is just this gift which distinguishes man from the animals the capacity for consciously discerning relationships and for matching his ways and actions to this newfound knowledge. This specifically human faculty is called intellect, and it is one which is wholly positive. Everything which trains and develops our intellect, this faculty which is innate in each one of us, helps us to advance in the understanding of Christian science. Academics of the right sort are requisite. Observation, invention, study, and original thought are expansive and should promote the growth of mortal mind out of itself, out of all that is mortal. 19. Many students fear that they are not educated or intelligent enough for a thorough study of Christian science are therefore not really justified. On the contrary, everyone who is willing to take the first step in this new subject notices that the capacity to grasp its teachings grow in proportion to its occupancy of his thought. There are indeed other qualities which are needed. More important than a keen intellect, these will be discussed below. 
Intellect, however, is not to be confused with intellectualism. Intellectualism is defined as overemphasis on knowledge derived from pure reason, which clearly shows that spiritual understanding has nothing to do with intellectualism. We have already dealt in some detail with the two aspects of spiritual understanding, the letter and the spirit, and seen that spiritual sense and scientific sense must always complement each other harmoniously, that they must stand in balanced relation to each other. If our understanding of science is really to be spiritual and not human, in this connection we noted that the overemphasis of one aspect as, for instance, too much stress on the intellect does not lead to a truly spiritual understanding. We can therefore sum up thus. Christian science, like every other science, uses men's intellect as an instrument serving the process of understanding, but intellectualism it rejects altogether. Necessary Spiritual Qualities for a basic study of the letter to lead us to the point where we can imbibe the spirit of the subject, three qualities are especially needed. One, seeking. Two, striving. Three, persevering. One, seeking. To make progress in the understanding of Christian science, it is not enough just to be interested in it. Its statements must be not only read, but also studied and researched with great devotion and self-sacrifice. The student must always seek truth for its own sake. He should not in the first place concentrate on finding an answer to his own questions, but he should try to fathom the whole subject, investigate it thoroughly, and be open to the whole teachings of science. The seeking student is always animated by the desire to be able to comprehend truth fully. He studies with great care everything which will bring this goal a step nearer to striving. This searching and seeking must be coupled with an honest effort, a real striving for understanding. Seeking is not sufficient. It is striving that enables us to enter. Spiritual attainments open the door to a higher understanding of the divine life. 10.14 Only a real striving for truth lends the necessary depth to our search. Students must not only seek, but strive to enter the narrow path of life. 451.11. Whereas seeking and searching correspond more with our scientific sense, it is spiritual sense which enables us to strive after truth. Here it is not just a matter of understanding the text. The subject now demands our full devotion. We go to it with our whole heart with appreciation and love. We are full of awe and gratitude for the magnitude of the subject. 
When we strive to know truth, we do not regard the search as a duty. It becomes a privilege to be able to study the truth of being with care and devotion. The study of Christian science is not a pastime in which we indulge when everything else has been attended to. For the student of Christian science, God comes first, not last. Three, persevering. Both seeking and striving lead to success only if we persevere in our efforts. The ability not to let disappointment creep in, but to endure, even when spiritual understanding unfolds only gradually and slowly. This is of the greatest importance. It means that we are always ready to put the divine first and foremost, that we give this great subject the first place in our heart, the first call on our time, and make it our main purpose in life, even when we do not immediately get the results we hope for. In her answer to the question how the Christian scientist can progress most rapidly, Mary Baker Eddy continues as follows. Adhere to the divine principle of Christian science and follow the behests of God, abiding steadfastly in wisdom, truth, and love. 495.28 This steadfast perseverance in seeking and striving this persistent effort to work both scientifically and spiritually brings us successfully to our goal. These three spiritual qualities, seeking truth, striving for truth, and persevering in truth, are far more important for understanding the divine principle than quickness of uptake a good memory, or a good education. They are faculties which we must constantly and consciously culture, even if it should come especially easy to us to get hold of the letter. Spiritual understanding unfolds gradually. As mentioned above, the student of Christian science often wishes that he could progress more rapidly in understanding, However, the letter of science plentifully reaches humanity today, but its spirit comes only in small degrees. 113.3 Mortal consciousness with all its beliefs usually does not change into divine consciousness at a stroke. Our thoughts are lifted only little by little out of the material into the spiritual. Every time we understand something new, we advance in the theory, but our whole lives are transformed and affected in a practical way. Because of this, we are wise to work gradually and gently up toward the perfect thought divine, unity of good, 5-5. Five, five. Impetuous efforts to advance only produce reaction and disturb the ordered unfoldment of spiritual understanding. The birth of a spiritual understanding is not the work of a moment. It takes years, 
Indeed, it is the work of eternity. Everything spiritual is eternal. Spiritual understanding, therefore, carries within itself infinite unfoldment, which is an ordered spiritual process that does not keep to human targets. Spiritual understanding does not develop as quickly as the impatient student would like, but it follows the dictates of wisdom, which lets us abandon so fast as practical the material. 254.21 We gain spiritual understanding by a long, steady process of change. It always comes gradually so that the search is sweet, calm, and buoyant with hope. 109.15 Prayer One of the most ancient forms of turning to God is prayer. It plays a major role in many religions, including the Christian religion. The textbook also begins with a chapter on prayer. Can we approach the science of God, which imparts itself only through spiritual understanding, by way of prayer? To find a clear answer to this question, we have to distinguish between two kinds of prayer, which are diametrically opposed to each other, petition and the scientific prayer of spiritual understanding. Petition. In general, prayer means asking for something. Supplication. The form in which our desires and needs are made known to God. When we feel that we lack something, we turn to God with our request. In so doing, we start from premises which, after what has been said before, can be seen to be wrong. In making requests, the petitioner always starts from a position of imperfection and from this basis turns towards the perfection of God. Instead of obeying the Christ command to identify oneself with perfection, he seeks to inform God, perfection, about imperfection. Petitions also start from the premise that God does not already have a perfect expression. In making requests, the petitioner assumes that we must, from time to time, point out to God that something is lacking. He usually lets God know exactly what needs to be done, and also just how it ought to be done. Thus, Petitions are directed towards a very narrow, human, and finite concept of God, which has nothing in common with God's true nature. This form of prayer is therefore inconsistent with the realization that we must turn to God with spiritual understanding alone. Scientific Prayer See also Max Kepler, The Spiritual Principle of Prayer. In a science, there is nothing to be had merely for the asking. One can approach a science only with understanding. Who would stand before a blackboard and pray the principle of mathematics to solve the problem? 
3.5. Furthermore, without the necessary understanding, we cannot comprehend or demonstrate mathematics. To succeed in solving a mathematical problem, we must not plead for something, but acquaint ourselves with the principle of mathematics. Only when our thought understands the rules of mathematics, only when we can think in a mathematical correct way, are mathematical problems solved. It is the same with the science of being. Only perfection in ourselves can grasp divine perfection, or in the words of Paul, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians 2.11 Darkness can never comprehend light, and light can never comprehend darkness. Similarly, imperfection can never understand perfection, nor can perfection understand imperfection. Mortal mind cannot enter into communion with the divine mind, nor matter with spirit, sin with soul, in harmony with principle, lack with life, sickness with truth, or fear with love. A prayer which springs merely from erroneous, mortal thoughts expresses only material desires, asks for forgiveness of sins, importunes God with inharmonious affairs, enumerates deficiencies and losses, believes in the reality of disease, and petitions God in fear. Such prayer cannot reach the divine ear. God is of pure eyes and to behold evil. Habakkuk 1.13 Scientific prayer starts from the knowledge that mind can only be reached by that in us which is like mind, spirit only by that which is like spirit, soul by that which is like soul, Principle by that which is like principle. Life by that which is like life. Truth by that which is like truth. And love by that which is like love. This is the new form of prayer as shown in the first chapter of the textbook. The Christian scientist's prayer is the prayer of spiritual understanding. It is the prayer that reforms the sinner and heals the sick. It is an absolute faith that all things are possible to God, a spiritual understanding of him, an unselfed love, one, one. It is this conception of prayer, so different from the usual, which we find so often in the teachings of the New Testament. Jesus said, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. John 14.6 This means that no one comes to the principle of being except by that which coincides with the essence of principle, life, truth, and love. Jesus constantly urges us to ask of God in the name of Christ. 
name is a symbol for identity, for we identify someone or something by the name. And the name of Christ, therefore, means identical with Christ. And Christ, as we have seen, is the coincidence or spiritual agreement between God and man in his image. 332.32 This helps us to understand Jesus' word. Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. John 16, 23, 24 Until then, men had prayed in their own name, expressing their own personal wants, but now we are told to pray in Christ's name, from a position of unity with mind, spirit, soul, principle, life, truth, and love. The prayer which proceeds from unity with the Father will then receive the Father's blessing. Jesus explicitly made the fulfillment of our request de dependent upon this unity with God. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. John 15:7. If we are one with the divine nature, we are also one with the will of the principle of being. Then we pray aright and are heard. Our requests must not be selfish or personal, but always directed towards one end the manifestation of the divine will. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. 1 John 5:14. Whether our prayer is heard or not depends solely on whether we are learning to pray, not according to our own judgment and intentions, but according to his will, namely for that which lies within the purpose of God's nature. How can we learn to pray according to his will? By consciously working to establish the divine consciousness in ourselves. To do this, we need to have the Christ consciousness. Chapter 7 the scientific approach to the saving power of the Christ. The Christ attitude. Scientific prayer alone can be heard and answered. This means that we only experience the ever-operative Christ as a saving and healing power when we have developed in ourselves an attitude of consciousness which welcomes this Christ operation instead of working against it. We must do the same in regard to the principle of being as we would in any other subject, as, for instance, in arithmetic. If we want to solve a complicated sum and know that the principle of arithmetic operates for us and solves our problems, 
we first give up our own personal view and judgment of the problem before us and concentrate solely on the principle of arithmetic. The same holds for our life's problems. Here, too, we experience a harmonious solution only when we submit unreservedly to the principle of being. How can we do this? Identifying oneself with the Word of God. How can we identify ourselves with God? By occupying ourselves more and more consistently with God, with the principle of being, and not with other gods, with other human principles. The Word of God is mind, spirit, soul, principle, life, truth, love. By assimilating the ideas of the seven synonyms for God and pondering them, we identify ourselves spiritually with them. Jesus demands this attitude of complete devotion to the Word of God when affirming the greatest commandment. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Matthew 22:37. When all our thoughts and longings are directed towards God and his ideas, we have taken the first step in obedience to Christ's command. This total identification with principle involves the following essential requirements. We must not be swayed by emotions, sentimentality, or the evidence of the physical senses, but follow spiritually scientific sense, true understanding. All human emotions must be subordinated to this understanding. We need to reverse all false beliefs as soon as they enter consciousness and exchange them for ideas. We must accept spiritually scientific understanding as our only teacher. Then all our sentiments, feelings, and opinions are set right by it alone. For it is only this understanding that can tell us what is right in a situation and what is wrong. We must couple this understanding with the willingness effectively to give up all beliefs and lay aside the false mortal conception of being, however pleasing it may be to mortal sense. <clears throat> we do not progress very far if we are willing to give up just what causes us suffering, but at the same time try to cling to what mortal mind holds dear. So we must be prepared to give up everything which does not conform to the divine nature, even when it seems humanly beautiful. Spiritual agreement between man and God. When we identify ourselves in this way with the Word of God, we attain spiritual agreement with God. Mary Baker Eddy points to this special characteristic of the Christ when she writes, 
Christ illustrates the coincidence or spiritual agreement between God and man in his image. 332.32 Whatever serves to bring our thoughts, feelings, and actions, our inclinations and objectives, into unison with God and his ideas, partakes of the nature of Christ bringing about the spiritual agreement of man with God.